0: Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So, for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxi.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News.
1: Now, I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News.
0: Before we really jump into the podcast and start talking some hoops, I just want to relay this to you guys. Um, and, I, and I didn't tell you guys this before we briefed uh, for the podcast, but this last Bearcat home game, i um, walking in, I'm, I'm going to my seat, and I was stopped. This is actually – let me take that back. Before and after the game, I was stopped by so many people Bearcat fans that absolutely love the podcast. Nice, I, nice. I saved it to tell you guys, Um, a lot of people had really nice things to say about us. And I think, and I, I, I want to tell you guys this, I think the three of us are so very different, right? And we, we just kind of blend well together. And people really appreciate that. I have several people just said, you know, they like that we're just three different styles and not really, you know, One's talking over the other, and it just has a good flow to it, man. So I just want to tell you guys that I appreciate working with you guys. I really enjoy doing the podcast with you guys, and uh thank you.
2: Yeah, no definitely problem. thank everybody else for checking us out. It's been a blast working with everyone. Hopefully we can get more stuff out for you guys, and it's been a fun time. I definitely uh really enjoy working with all of you guys. So thank you guys.
1: Man, I don't want to explain it. <laughs> i don't enjoy it I'm Grinch, not just... <laughs> nah nah man i enjoy it man it's all good i appreciate everybody that's been checking us out it uh it's been legit to work with you guys so appreciate uh hopefully we can uh keep it rolling man finish this season out and uh you know do do it again next year
0: absolutely so uh i do need to get to give two shout outs before we move forward um one i want to give a shout out to jay from tampa uh jay from tampa was in town he was with his son alex they came in from tampa to the bearcat game they're huge bearcat uh, fans drove in for the game great people um I, i'd never met him before he's always reached out to me on instagram uh, met up with him after the game for a little bit took him down the floor they took some pictures with uh, some of the players man just a a great dude and and a Bearcat fan from afar. I mean, a huge Bearcat fan, man. I love it. And they drove all the way up uh, from Tampa. So uh, shout out, Jay. And also uh, Ryan Powell, another Bearcat fan that I met after the game, who says he listens to every single podcast when they come out. Um, so shout out Ryan Powell. Like He is a huge Bearcat fan. He just tells, he was telling me he just wants more and more Bearcat content, man. (laughs) Yeah, man, there's so many great Bearcat fans out there, man. It just, that's the reason why we do the podcast, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty dope, man. It's pretty dope. No question. So, hey, let's jump right into it and recap the USF game. The Bearcats take down USF 84 to 65. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance?
1: Hey, man, Big Vic was out. I thought Odie, Odie played a hell of a game, uh, big Kalu, you know, just think about Kalu. He was a guy that was riding the pine heavy, you know, grad transfer could have just been like went overseas or something could have hooped somewhere else and just, you know, bid down and just dudes being a factor late in the season, which is pretty dope. Just to show like, um, you know, how he's bought in and it's like the culture that West is building. But, uh, my fault getting long winded on that, but uh, I was happy to see them win, especially after the uh, game in Tulane um, to come back and then hope, handle, you know, handle business at home and the crowd be a factor as well. So, um, you know, like I said, you can't let a team that should not be on the court. I mean, you know, doesn't have the talents you have. hick stick with you in the Bearcats, did a solid job doing it. They had some lulls here and there, but at the end of the day they got an impressive win against a team they should have beat like that.
2: Neil, it stuck out to you. Yeah, JT mentioned, obviously, with uh, Victor and being out with a sprained ankle. I mean, uh, he mentioned Kalua Zepke. And then you also got to throw the factor of Odie Guama in there. I think Odie really had his best game of his career. I mean, he had a career-high 18 points, went a perfect 9-for-9 nine nine from the field. And it just seemed like Odie has really turned things on as of late. I mean, he had 16 versus Tulane. Now had 18 versus USF. I think Odie's just starting to find his rhythm here. Uh late in the stretch, ever since he got it uh adjusted to that starting role. And I really liked the two, the two bigs that Wes Miller has been using. I think Odie and Vic, when he's out there, really uh they complement each other very well. So uh to see Odio Aguama have that type of night that he had versus USF was phenomenal. And we talked about it. We needed a uh big night from Landers Nolly on the glass and Double double finished with 13 and 10. And I mean that's the S- X factor there. I mean, you went, you don't really win the battle of the glass, but if you can get 10 boards from Landers Nolly with Victor Locking out, that's huge. But overall, I thought it was a great win. Uh a huge second half. I mean, we saw it there. Jeremiah Davenport had a great minute, a great stretch there of like eight minutes, where I think he went on a 10-0 run at one point. I mean, he pulled up from Calhoun Street hit that shot from the logo that really sent fifth third into a frenzy. That might've
0: that, that might been further back than Calhoun, bro. That was deep. Yeah,
2: it was deep. We talked to him post game too. And I believe we asked him about it and he was like, man, I was so hot. It was going up. Was up. <laughs> and I think we he all was like, that. there was no way it <laughs> was like I had, to, I had to put it up. So, I mean, the, all the confidence in the world. Cause I mean, once that shot went in, I mean, fifth third erupted sparked a huge momentum there. Anytime you score 50 points and a half, I mean, you're doing great things. So if you can put up 50 points and a half after trailing at the halftime, that's phenomenal. So that that run right there by Jeremiah Davenport really kind of set the tone for the Bearcats and they just poured it on there in the second half.
0: Last podcast, I talked about adversity and dealing with adversity. And I think in sports, you always face some sort of adversity. I said it was gonna happen in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, been in the Super Bowl several times. But listen, I, I will never forget this. Um, a football player, and I can't remember what, what the guy's name is. And I, I want to say maybe he played for the Cowboys, but they were asking him about, you know, the Super Bowl and guys being hurt going to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. I think like um, Pat Mahomes and all that. But he said, everyone's hurt right now. I think you're talking about Micah Parsons, right? I don't know if it was Mike, I don't think it was Micah Parsons. It was another guy. He had dreads. I don't I don't know all these NFL guys' names, especially on some of the teams outside the Bengals and the Rams, but um, but he said everybody's hurt like at the end of the season. It's it's a matter of what level they're hurt and the next man up. So, you know, you look at an Odie, you look at a Kalu, and I know we got to talk about Jared Hensley in a second, but those are guys that are next man up. And they came in, and West has that culture that they're bought in, and they're ready when their name's called. And I think that was the great thing I saw with this game um, against USF. I was really pleased with this game. Down four at halftime. And you, I love the second half, right? And this could have been a game where lose to 2 lose losing a tough way. The fans could have said, you know what? Ah, this isn't a good game. I'm not showing up. Although the Bearcat fans were energetic. They showed up. I I really loved energy that they gave the the Bearcats played well in the second half. They could have easily folded. Um, But how about randomly Jared Hensley coming into game?
2: Yeah. He played some good minutes too. He had early impact on the defensive end. So it was good to see him get there, uh, get back in the rhythm. I mean, he hasn't played in almost roughly a month, a little over a month. So, I mean, he came in and he made a phenomenal impact right off the bat. I mean, I think the first offensive possession, if I remember right, he came down and had that nasty swat from behind. Yep. Then he had the offensive board, got to the line, two straight possessions, I believe, got to the line and knocked down four straight free throws. So he made his impact early. And I mean it was great to see Jared Hensley back out there and getting some run.
0: Yeah, after the game, it was funny. So I was down on the court um after the game and uh waiting to talk to a couple people when Jared had come out and I, I didn't see him, had my back turned. He kind of grabbed me. And put me in a headlock. I turned around. It was Jared. I was like, oh. And I was like, what's up, man? He goes, he kind of leans over to me. And he's like, that felt so good to be back on the court. Like, he mm. was so pumped up. So I'm hoping he gets some more minutes. I hope we keep seeing what we're seeing from Kalou. Um, and he can keep building confidence. But like you said, I mean, Odie, <laughs> he was our leading scorer. Like, I would have never thought. Nah. Odie would be the leading scorer
2: in a game.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. In yeah.
2: Game? In they,
1: they 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 Odie too. He should have at least, he should have got an award from the uh, from the conference, man.
2: Yeah, he got yeah. snubbed on the honor roll this week for sure. You yeah. would think a perfect nine for nine would get you a spot on the honor roll, but and he had was, like
1: sixteen right. Then he have sixteen against Tul- Tulane. Like, they did he did sixteen
2: against Tulane, a career high eighteen on a perfect nine for nine, and got snubbed on the honor roll. They finessed him.
0: Maybe, maybe. The People at the conference couldn't see the two-lane game very well. I heard the feed was maybe <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's yeah. why. I don't yeah, it know. was
1: terrible. It was terrible feed. That stuff was crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. It's that's like, a Nintendo,
1: I like Nintendo. Like <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nintendo on
0: 23. <laughs> For real. Um, can we talk about the 24 assists?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe David DeJulius had nine of them, and it was uh, pretty I funny. He, I thought he had – did he have nine? Oh, I thought yeah, he had he had nine I of them. I thought then we, he had
0: ten, so he didn't get that. You're right, he didn't get that one. My bad. And then
2: we asked uh, Coach Miller after the game about it because that's now three straight games in the three of the four last four, David DeJulius has had eight or more assists. And Wes Miller kind of took a minute to really react to. It. He goes, "I'm glad you guys are talking about this. Like this is very impressive stuff what David Julius is doing in that yeah. aspect of nine assists." And then he goes, "He." We asked him, "We're like, do you ever have that many in your career?" And he goes, "I I got to pass the ball to Tyler Hansbro, and I still didn't have that many." And he goes, "Tyler Hansbro wasn't passing the ball either.
0: No, he so, wasn't. no, he wasn't." Tyler, but, what's going what's going up? Up? Uh, what about uh, JT? This one for you, man. We won the glass again, man.
1: Yeah, man. It's good to see that, even if it's close, like it's important, man. You have to like, like Landers stepping up huge for Vic being out getting double digits. I'm, I don't know how much Odie and uh, Kalou have, but I feel like they probably had like five or six a piece or something like that. But uh, I might be wrong, but let me, I'll verify that later. But I just feel like the energy and everything they did, all the, all the bigs and everybody it's like a gang rebounding type attack. So, um, but I just like Landers, he had 13, but he had his double digits rebound too, man. Like He's just showing that he's just like a complete player where he could have, you know, been like, "Ah, I'm not here to rebound. I'm here to score. You know what I mean? So it's
0: just a good thing. No, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to save this for last year, but, man, I'm so proud of Jeremiah Davenport because he he hears the chatter. Oh, yeah, for sure. He he hears it. Absolutely. Um, He knows. But I'm going to tell you what, he never stops playing hard. You can say what you want about some soft so selection. And I, I heard that yeah. Wes may have addressed that in a, a press conference that he talked a little bit about pulling to the side, talking to him about yeah, certain yeah. or something like that. And I know Wes was working with him on that, but man, you cannot fault that guy for man just continuing to play hard and, mm-hmm. and, and not pouting and putting his head down. I think that play that that that's a commentary on his coachability that's also a commentary on the coaching staff and them having faith in guys and not giving up on guys, man. Just, just a yeah. positive, positive culture um, being built for sure. You know, that exactly. I'm you,
2: you mentioned that there was actually a time on Saturday where it looked like coach Miller kind of got on him a little bit there. I believe it was right before the run. And then next thing you know, Jeremiah Davenport just comes out and just bing 10, no run just like that. And he, Ooh. I think Coach Miller actually talked about post game was like, you love how easy you like, easy of a kid you could coach is like, he's so easy to coach. And that's just Jeremiah Davenport. Like, people don't know, but the kid has all the confidence in the world. He just wants to hoop and respect to it. I mean, he plays hard every minute he's out on the court, being a local kid at within his hometown. Like, he yep. represents Cincinnati basketball very well. So, it's no really plus. good to see how well he plays how hard he plays on both sides of the ball as well
0: you know what we we don't know and i don't even know and and bearcat fans don't know you guys might but um you know you don't know what happens at practice every day you you don't know the relationships that are built and you know people are like oh west should have benched um jd like obviously he's coming off the bench but like completely benched him and i'm like you just don't know what goes on i remember years ago when i was helping coach the high school level we had a kid he meant this kid was the hardest worker best attitude um everybody loved him and people would always question why we play him like why don't you play the other kid ahead of him? He's so much better and blah 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 but i'm like chris his name is chris yeah the best attitude we just you just love the kid as a person you want to see him be successful and there's no no doubt that Wes loves Jeremiah Davenport, right? Yeah. I think they built a bond because obviously Jeremiah losing his father has really impacted him as a basketball player. There's no question about that. Then there's a, there's a hole there, and Wes and many others are trying to help fill that and and help with that role and being that father figure. Man, you gotta you gotta applaud uh, Wes and the staff for having faith in that young man. So that's my soliloquy with that.
2: Yeah, no, most definitely agree with your statement there.
0: No. you listen to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Today, the Bearcats take on ECU at 7 p.m. in Greensville, North Carolina. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meal's Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why?
1: Man, first off, it's one of those places again. If You go to ECU, <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> ten people there again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, lo- hey, I, I love when you, I love when you go on other <laughs> opposing team. <laughs> Man,
1: they
0: man, got like people there They're all family members.
1: <laughs> they are man. They're gonna be like the staff members, it's, and that's counting the staff. So you're gonna have about uh, five people and then a couple of the gender people that do the sessions. <laughs> so you got that. Maybe 12 and a half, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> so <laughs> this game is on Dave the Julius. He has to have gonna mm-hmm. have a big scoring game, just like where he's at, you know, between the 10 to 15 points, but this, you know, this last five games where he's dishing the rock out like that, he needs to have that type of game against ECU because you know it's going to be hard to generate um, generate energy, man. It's a what a, a Wednesday night in in ECU at ECU. That don't sound like a jumping <laughs> jump in time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh-huh. so it's going to be on him, I think. Like just to keep the team together. Um, who knows if Vic will be back? But in general, they should have enough. They have enough talent to go down there and get the dub. But it's always one of those games, like ECU. I don't think the Bearcats have blew out ECU in a long time. I can't remember the last time they have. So I, I feel like this will be one of those nail biting games. But they might we be able to out out away but, yeah, on the road, they, I, don't, I can't remember last time they did it. Not even looking you're talking, at it. So. you talking
0: about on the road, JT, right? Yeah, on the, on the road. I'm mad. They, they never blow ECU. Never
1: blow ECU out. Like I remember when, like, you see them have, like, a 10-game winning streak and then lose the ECU by – or not lose, or barely win by the yeah, ECU. So, yep. um, I think, like, David Julius has got to go down there, be the general that he's been lately, and do the same thing, man, and get everybody involved. I think everything else will fall into place. But I think that 10 to 15 points – Seven and 10 assists game is is needed, especially on the road against a a non hostile crowd. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like how you said, that non hostile crowd. Non hostile. -hostile. All 20 people. Yep, 20 tops. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Neil, ECU is 12 and 12 right now. Who do we need to watch out for from the Pirates?
2: Yeah, but uh, before we jump into the players to watch, we just want to give our thoughts and condolences out to the ECU community. Obviously, they are mourning the loss of their radio and play-by-play broadcaster announcer um, for the last 30 or so years of Jeff the Voice Charles. So, just want to send our thoughts and prayers to the ECU community. Obviously, they postponed their game versus Tulane over the weekend uh, due to the sudden passing. So, uh, us at Uh, The Bearcat tip-off talk crew just want to send our thoughts and condolences out to the ECU community on that aspect as well. So, yeah, just send our thoughts and prayers out that way. And then now dishing into that, uh, players to watch. I mean, uh, their leading scorer, Javon Small, is actually out. He's been out for the last month. He got hurt in the uh, first matchup between these two teams where he finished with 23 points. Uh, He has not played in a game since. I believe it was a MCL sprain, if I remember right. It was definitely a knee injury. Uh, He has not played in over a month. Uh, So the two guys to really kind of look out for is uh, Brandon Johnson, who's a forward. He's averaging 13 points, nine rebounds, shooting nearly 50% from the field. But with Javon Small out, look for the veteran R.J. Felton to really step things up and lead this pirate offense in terms of scoring. He's going to be there. Those two guys are going to be their go-to. Obviously, uh Felton's a veteran guy. He's a, I believe he's a senior, so he's going to be controlling that offense with Javon Small out due to that injury. Uh But yeah, those are the two guys. I mean, uh Felton can really score the ball if he gets going. He has the ability to shoot and create for others. Uh He likes that three-point line, but he could really get downhill and attack as well. So yeah, just look out for... Uh, RJ Felton and Brandon Johnson, with Javon uh, Javon Small being out due to injury.
0: All right, Neil, what type of offense and defense should we look out for from the Pirates?
2: Yeah, they're they're going to be an offense that's probably going to live and die by the three ball. Obviously, with their leading scorer Javon Small out. I mean, when they came to fifth third the first time, their offense was strictly around Javon Small. Mm-hmm. Like Small was the only one putting up numbers, and Small finished with literally half of their points in the first game. And I believe we blew them out 83 to 55 or it was a blow. It was like a 30 point victory, but overall they're going to look to get Felton and Johnson going early outside of that. It's going to be hard to really get some offense going. So I expect David DeJulius to really be locked in on the defensive end. Uh, Try to really eliminate Felton here early on, but the defensive end, they're, they're going to be uptight. They're going to use, they're going to press through the ball, but overall, I think the Bearcats can really just use their size, use their physicality to their advantage and really uh, just dominate this one on the road. I wouldn't say dominate because obviously JT has mentioned ECU is a very hard place to play in. I mean, it is a Wednesday night at seven o'clock down there. You really, it's one of those places, as we mentioned, you have to build on your own energy, but overall the defensive end, I, I think they're going to come out physical. But I think if the Bearcats, if Vic isn't able to go, I think the Bearcats' size will really be able to kind of pound inside and get going.
0: The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly, expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513 528. 3982, or visit online Donahoo Accounting You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. Now, JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? JT, you're on mute.
1: My bad. My bad, my bad. You got to keep the glass close, man, and don't turn the ball over because what you want to do without small, you don't want to give them easy buckets and make it easier on them. So, um, and shoot good shots, man, because you got to generate your own energy. And then, what's the best way to deflate yourself? Um, then not rebounding the ball and turn, throwing the ball all over the yard. So, or the court, my bad. No. I'm getting my uh, football, uh, football <laughs> terminology right now. My bad. Super Bowl, Super Bowl hangover, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they got to control the ball. I would like to see them under twelve turnovers against ECU. You know, don't want to get the ten people in the crowd riled up. <laughs> What's down to ten now? Down to ten, man. We gonna chop it down. Who left? Ten people in the crowd. Huh? It was before who left? The people they um. Cleaned up early so they some people got to go home, <laughs> but <laughs> keep
0: going, man. Keep going.
1: <laughs> nah, control the ball, man. They shoot good shots. I mean, I feel like they've shot good shots even in losses, so I just, you know, make enough shots to go home and <laughs> with the dub. But you when know, I small, take advantage. Uh, yeah, hopefully Odie stays hot, man. Even without um Victor, I feel mm-hmm. like if Odie can you know channel this and get another fell to 16 and just rim run and, and throw it down like he's been Uh, that's, that's bonus money for the Bearcats. And I think the way that the Julius is finding people right now, is just a good spot, man. So I think they just don't turn the ball over, just keep it close on the boards. So i rather than win and lose, but within three rebounds, that's kind of my magic number. That means they're close enough. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, get the dub, man. Cause it's, it's going, like I said, generating energy, you gotta keep that energy tight. Keep the ten people out of the out of the game, and just keep rolling. You know, build your own energy. So I think like a Genera Meyer Davenport would be super important because he's kind of that, that fiery person. So um, when he comes in that first time, I'm really gonna be checking the seat, check his temperature to see what kind of energy you bring it.
0: Now, Neil, we've talked about ECU at ECU. It's always tough for the Bearcats. It always seems to be a close game, but. I need to know your opinion on what the Bearcats need to do to win big, which seems that we never win big at ECU. But for this game, what do we need to do to win big?
2: Yeah, and I think JT hit this one right nail on the head early on. Uh, I would like to see a good night from David DeJulius. Obviously, he's uh, been really into that role of the playmaking uh, in terms of stat-wise. He's been racking up those assists. I would not be surprised if we see a 20-point game from David DeJulius here on Wednesday night. Uh, just with Javon Small being out, I think this is the game where you just let David DeJulius cook. Obviously, without a guy who's as talented as Javon Small, who is playing in track to be a AAC all-conference team player before the injury, I, I think this is the David DeJulius game. I think you let him sit there, you let him get going. I mean, if you can get a anywhere from a 15- to 20-point night from David DeJulius and then give Landers a good 15- to 18 like he does on a typical night, and then you still have the established play inside from Odie and Kalu if Vic isn't there, and the, and the uh, Jeremiah Davenport continues hot. I mean, this team has all the weapons. I think they can really go on the road and dominate, but they just can't have a slow start like they did versus USF at home on Saturday. I mean – You can't have those five-minute walls where you're shooting one of ten. So, overall, they just have to come out to a great shooting start.
0: The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. So, um, like like you said, uh, Neil, earlier, uh, the ECU game versus Tulane was canceled to the death of uh, Jeff Charles. And so, ECU hasn't had a game um, in between their last game and and the Bearcat game. So, um, I'm I'm wondering – with that layoff. Sometimes it's, it's weird with a team. Like when you get to like the middle end of February, you got so many guys that are injured. Sometimes that longer break is helpful. So I don't know if a little bit of rest will help out ECU or if it hurts them, they, they get a little rust built up. Um, who knows? Um, but I tell you what, ECU will be playing with a heavy heart uh, versus the Bearcats. Um, so <laughs> Like like JT said, uh, there's there's not going to be anybody there. What well, they average? What probably four four thousand something maybe. At their yeah, record. it's
2: like four or five thousand roughly.
0: Four or five thousand. So oh, that, they
2: got more than I thought. My bad.
0: Well, I mean that's yeah. I, I don't. I, <laughs> but you're talking about a Wednesday night in Greenville, which I don't know any night that's popping <laughs> in Greenville. But I know Wednesday at seven's probably not.
1: Definitely not.
0: Definitely not. So we've got to find the energy from somewhere. Um I, I have faith in the boys, but this game always worries me, man. Man, it, it worries me. And I and I, I'm worried. Um I, I hope I hope Wes instills fear in the guys going into this game. And and Hugs was so good at that. You know, Hugs would have us so concerned. Like one time we went to I think it was at Southern Miss. And he had us believe that like, Southern Miss was the greatest team in college basketball. Like We were <laughs> scared to death. And we, out, and we played well. And we were like, man, these dudes are garbage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. he instilled that fear. And hopefully Wes and the staff is doing that for this game. Now I'm going to bring up somebody um, that I think I really want to see this guy get back going and playing well, especially this game. And that's Micah Adams Woods. I, I I really want to see him get get back going, um, because I just feel like it's been a while since we've really seen a complete. Because there was a stretch where he was playing really well, JT. Yeah,
1: man, he was. <laughs> he was solid. And I feel like the last couple weeks has been rough for him. Like, he's been okay, but it's not been exactly. at the pace he was playing at. Like he was playing at a part where it was just like. You were kind of you almost had to be like, all right, he's a part of the big not, you know, you know, Vic, Nolly, and you know, Julius are the big three, but he was like that they, they almost got a big four. Um, but then it's kind of like tapered down some. So I'll, I hope he can, you know, finish strong and have a good game where he gets that twelve to you know, sixteen, but just does that at a real good rate. Cause That's what he was doing, man. Like he was, I mean, against Arizona, I thought he played real well. Um It was one game he played – I mean, he probably might have – he was probably the best player on the team that that game. And it was against a good team, I feel like, um, where he had like 18 points, 19 points, something like that. And it was like real real efficient, um, big shots, kept him in the game. It might have been the first Houston game, actually. Mm -hmm. I think that was it. and it was like I just thought he played real well. Um, And he hasn't had that game in a while. So hopefully he can get him back – get back rolling. Because you're going to need him to play solid, especially without Rob Fentany. Um, you know, going down the stretch and then going into the AAC tournament.
0: Let me ask you guys this opinion, um, JT and, and Neil. Let me ask you guys: Do you think we'll see Vic? If I was betting, I was I bet no, because okay. I think
1: you got Vic. I would, I mean, even though ECU is a, a sucky place to play, I probably would say he's not going to play. Um, That game, and then he might have a chance to play over the weekend. In that worst case scenario, hopefully, um, Temple, the next Temple game, and then, you know, go from there. But I I doubt that he plays, and I'm not, um, I don't know. I haven't checked with anybody on that, but I doubt he plays tonight. Neil?
2: Yeah, especially after hearing what uh, Wes Miller had to say post game. We did ask for an update on Victor Lockin. He just kind of said he would just be calling him every morning. How's the ankle feeling? How's the ankle feeling? He said he's going to keep doing it until Bob Jean gives him the yes and the clearance. So, uh, But he did say after the game on Saturday that he would call him Sunday morning. He said it might be a little sore. Same with Monday. So it, it's tough to tell right now. But overall, I mean, I would just let him rest and get healthy as possible for a conference tournament run. I mean, Vic has been the centerpiece for this team this season. So uh, even if that means... Holding him out one more. You don't want. You never want to rush a player back from an injury. Ankle sprains are tough. So overall, right now, it's so hard to tell. So I'm up in the I'm up in the air on it. But you never know with ankle sprains.
0: Well, I hope he's back soon. because We'll need him for this uh, final stretch here. So the Kenyon segment, piece of the game, was sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. This is where we cover hot topics and what's hotter than the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 was all the talk on Sunday and Monday. Uh, Let's go over a couple things. and and One of the things is like an event like the Super Bowl – The game is one thing, but then there's all the other stuff that surrounds it that becomes the talk. You know, you've got the national anthem. You've got commercials, halftime show, the post, all that stuff really it really makes an event. Right. So let's cover some of the highlights. I want to get your thoughts um, on the Super Bowl. First of all, I want to talk about one of my favorite musical artists out right now. Chris Stapleton, he did the national anthem. Uh, I've seen some failures with the National Anthem. I don't know that anybody will ever touch Whitney Houston and Marvin Gaye's National Anthem, but Chris Stapleton, I thought, crushed it. Your guys' thoughts?
2: Yeah, I thought he he absolutely crushed it. Uh, Obviously, people have known to have some fails when it comes to the National Anthem on the big stage, but, man, Chris Stapleton hit, like, it was perfect. I thought he absolutely rocked it out of the park. Uh, You can see the raw emotion from Nick Sirianni, too, in the live stream with the tears rolling down his face. I mean, Chris Stapleton just knocked that national anthem out of the park, so I thought it was a great national anthem.
1: Me hey, Yeah, for sure. I thought it was pretty pretty good as, as well, so thumbs up.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you know what I really love about the Super Bowl too? now? With the entertainment side of it, Jay-Z and his company, Rock Nation, are heavily involved in the production a lot of things related to the Super Bowl, so I know that Jay Z probably made a push for a guy like Chris Stapleton, and I think Babyface was on there, yeah, as well. So, um, oh, and speaking of Jay Z, Jay Z did something that is so rare. I never see him like so. I'm a big Jay Z fan, and he he's always just always in the pocket. Like he's never not cool. Yeah. he's never doing something that's you know it's too crazy. He's not doing a cartwheel randomly, right? But, man, I tell you what, kids make you come out of pocket. And his daughter, did you guys see the video of his daughter asking him to take some uh, pictures for the gram of her? No. No, I missed that. Jay-Z's, like, on his knees, like, leaning, like, taking these photos of his daughter, like, jumping in the air and doing all these little things. And he's, like, smiling and laughing. And he's, like, I'm, like, Man, that's that's kids, though, man. Yeah, true. Kids that get you. And, and JT, you were just at the uh, daddy-daughter dance, right? Yep, yep. Yes, yep. Sir. But there's no video proof of the gritty or the sturdy. Um, nah, nope. Right? Nope. <laughs> he said nope. Nope, nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> best commercial. Did you guys have a best commercial? Uh, I don't know. There's a couple that I like, though.
1: Um, let's see. What was the one? Uh shoot the breaking bad one. I like that because I like that's one of my favorite shows. Now I like the, the Diddy one. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of people <laughs> trying to make the hit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was cool. And then the one that got me, and I didn't even realize I got. got I mean, I realized I got. Yep. But I didn't realize what it was. That Tubi commercial. Yep. Man, that
2: that Tubi commercial got me too. Not I was sitting there. I was watching it with a group of guys and yeah. we were we were streaming it off a of Roku. And the one kid just happened to be holding the Roku when that commercial yeah. came on. We we're like, what is you doing? Like, yeah. why are you changing it? And then he goes, bro, it ain't me. <laughs> and the next yeah. thing you know, actually the commercial. We all were just baffled. We we're like, yeah. what?
1: And they got us because, like, it was like we were talking. And then um, was, like, I think my, my youngest son might have been body controller. So we thought, like, he sat on it. And <laughs> we're like, he's, like, nah, it's still on the channel. And then it popped back up. It was crazy. But yeah, that was a good commercial. That was. A couple other ones were solid, but they had. They, actually, this year is probably the first year in a long time they started having like some commercials that that could make you laugh a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they was like having like mass stupid commercials. People paying all this money, and it was trash. But I feel like they at least were more creative this year.
2: I will say this: that Gronk field goal did go through on that Fan Bull, FanDuel commercial. I thought it went through.
1: I didn't see I didn't, it. I ain't seen it.
2: When was this? It? Uh, right after halftime, early third quarter. Oh. FanDuel is doing like a, oh, a yeah. promotion where you get free bets if you place a yeah. bet on the Super Bowl. Trump yeah, yeah. made the field goal yeah. and it went straight and then the ball curved behind the upright mm. and it looked like it was completely in on TV. Either way, FanDuel paid out the bet so you can't be mad.
1: Yeah, for sure. I saw that this morning. I was like, oh, I bet.
0: <laughs> Dang, I missed that one. Um yeah. it, 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 too. I do want to talk about the game and, and the post game um, here shortly, but um, and you know I'm going to give my thoughts on this here in a second. But uh, halftime performance, Rihanna, Neil, let's start with you.
2: I thought I thought she killed it. I mean, she played banger after banger after banger, and I was sitting there and I was just thinking, I was like, I totally forgot Rihanna got this many good songs like back to back. <laughs> it was Rihanna on repeat all day for me, and I'm gonna put that on the on the record. Mm. But yeah, I thought she killed it.
0: JT?
1: It was solid. Like once she once I found out she was pregnant, it was cool. Like once she confirmed that. I mean, she played all the music that like, she made all the music. Like she played her hits. So that was good. She did a good job on that part. I just at first, like, I know she's a like legit performer, so like when she wasn't doing certain stuff, I was like, oh, she out here, she BSing. She gets she too rich. But then you saw that baby bump. Like, oh, she about seven months pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I thought she did real good, especially the um with the circumstances. You know what I mean for sure. But it wasn't what I was expecting too. But she is like it's two people. It was two people performing. You know, last night so or the other night. So I thought she killed.
0: She did pretty good, all uh, things considered. <clears throat> all right. So I'm a huge Riri fan um that's one uh there were 118.7 million viewers for the halftime performance there were 113 million viewers for the super bowl game there were more people watching her performance than Mm -hmm. actually that's (laughs) crazy isn't that crazy um
2: absolutely insane and it it would have been a different like conversation if it would have been like closer ratio but 5. like3 million differential That's, is actually insane
0: it it is now so listen I I think Super Bowl performances are very very tough there, there's so many things that need to happen right like last year's I remember Evan Mcpherson didn't actually go into the locker room and he watched the halftime performance the uh, uh dr kid Cudi. yeah the, the – the, what
2: it was kid Cuddy last year
0: no dr yeah.
1: Yeah. It was Dr. Dre, yeah. It might have been after the after the game. Oh yeah,
2: after the game was Kick Cudi, that's right.
0: Yeah, Dr. Dr. Dre. And listen, I'm a I'm a huge Dr. Dre. All the all those guys. I I didn't like that performance that much last year. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. It, it didn't move me. Like I love the song. Yeah. And one thing that happens, I think, in the Super Bowl. This is why I like Rihanna's performance because, like, her music is like it has a certain sound. There's a lot of there's a lot of dance. Uh, Caribbean mood to to her music and like it drives me nuts when like certain artists that have a sound to their music and they try to accompany with like live instrumentation that doesn't it messes up the sound and it comes across oh, yeah. the, you know what I mean and I, she didn't do that. that so that's one thing I really like she let the actual original sound of her music um come through and I think sometimes too and obviously, we later we find out she's pregnant. But I thought she was really smooth from beginning to end. Sometimes people get caught up in that moment. You hear singers over sing; they try to be too loud, they do too much. Kind of stayed in a in a pocket, which uh, I thought was cool. The the video effects were uh, uh, unbelievable. They had a camera with a fire. Camera the people were fire.
2: angles were like, I mean, this song. Camera angle of her up on that
0: platform. Oh, and then it zoomed out. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Was it. Yeah, that was crazy. Oh, get about it, like that's that's, and to, and to be able to, now I th- I thought she flawlessly went through all of her tracks. Um, which it's it's easy to kind of mess some of those things up. Now I know she was getting criticized for lip syncing. I think there was a there was tracks underneath um her vocals. I'm I'm sure she had live yeah. mic, but there were uh. Vocals underneath her track, so um, that stuff happens. Uh, but I'm I, 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 listen, the Super Bowl performances I think are tough, and I, I felt like she nailed it. And then to then show off, she's pregnant at the end, just was like, oh man, that's crazy! So, yeah, for sure, I'm gonna give it up. That's my girl Riri. So, um, shout out now. You know who I think is the absolute funniest person, man. is Patrick Mahomes' father, man. <laughs> he, he is so funny. Like, JT, is it me or does it seem like that's not his dad?
1: Like man, it seems like. It,
0: I, or do you feel that way? I'm like, that's, that can't be. Because because Mahomes would get up and go, yeah, wow, you know, we played. <laughs> and his dad, like, I'm smoking on that joke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that joke you guys did the interview after the game. What you smoking yeah. on this one? He said, it's he blunts said blunts this time.
1: He said, Philly Bluffs.
2: <laughs> Philly yeah. blunts. Yeah. Billy Blunt.
0: I'm like, man, that's yeah, hilarious. It, and the way he walks too, I'm like, that is not Pat. Nah, me.
2: it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's we, hilarious. We forget though. too at times now, like seeing these post game interactions, like, bro, was in the MOB for like 15 years, yeah, too. Like we yeah. forget about that.
0: Listen, that was that's 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 crazy to me. Yeah. I, he needs his own like. P- Pat Mahomes' dad. What's his What's his dad's first name? Is it? Is it James? It's, it's It's Senior.
2: Oh, he's, yeah, senior? Cut, yeah, he's senior. Yeah, he's
0: Senior. Okay, he needs his own show. Like he does, though. He right. Does. I just love the way he talks.
1: Because yeah, it's funny. Because <laughs> it's funny. Like if you didn't know he played in MLB, you thought you would think he is a possible like mechanic. <laughs> he got a mechanic vibes. <laughs>
0: That's who. That's who fixed my car when my. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: like you didn't know, like, he's an MOB and his son's a freaking super millionaire. Like you would not know. You would think he might give you oil change. Because <laughs> he looked like he could smoke that cigar and give you oil change, Don't He, he
2: would make Without sure to paying. do it on Sundays to watch Patty uh, throw for three hundred too.
1: No, he's hilarious though. Like he definitely needs his own. Like they got to follow him around. Oh. Netflix or somebody need to do it like that. That would that definitely would get hella Forget get Jackson, the the brother. You got to follow him. That's the That's he's the one. The dad's the star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the brother's a train wreck, bro. Yeah. He's the, the da- Kardashian.
1: Yeah. The dad is the star, bro. They got to follow him. They got to they need, need a crew, man. They need like a five team crew, man. You can just edit it up. I know they can get 10 episodes out of him.
0: Hey, do you know who? You, it's, I, I thought this was the funniest tweet. I, I don't know if anybody else found this to be funny, but I, I thought it was funny. Um, JT, you know who Gilly the Kid is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know who Gilly the Kid is? Yeah. This one, yeah. I said, did you see that he was like, I just can't get over the fact that Gilly the Kid is my dad. <laughs> what? He said, I can't get over the fact that Gilly the Kid is Pat Mahomes' dad. Like. <laughs> I was like, my God, I could, I can't get that out of my head now. Like, I keep seeing Gilly the kid and Pat Mahomes' dad is the same dude. Nah,
1: man, I'm just laughing at Gilly the kid. He's been funny the whole time. He had a whole, he had a helmet on in pass.
0: (laughs) Oh man, hilarious. We got, we got, we got to talk about the game. Um, Neil, you feel that uh, Pat Mahomes got outplayed? Absolutely.
2: Jalen Hurts had his best performance of not just the season of his career. And I think if you if you take away that fumble, Eagles win that game. Eagles win that game. If you take away the fumble, obviously it was a I thought it was a bad play call. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is very capable of running, uh, running the ball, but do put up what three touchdowns on the ground and then through for one or two. Dude, mm-hmm. dude had his best game of his career. I think he went, like, absurd numbers. Like, 24 for, like, 29 or something like that. Like, 300-plus yards through the air. Like, Jalen Hurts had his best game of his career, in my opinion. Yeah, he was balling.
1: Definitely balling. Had,
2: like, what did Mahomes, number, I think yeah. Mahomes finished with under 200 yards. Like, everyone was expecting Mahomes to come in there and kind of just go nuts, throw for 300. But, overall, I thought – I thought Jalen Hurts played his best game of the season.
0: The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Hey, I, I got one problem um, at the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I, I want to say it was – I think it was pregame. They gave away the um, – what was it? The Walter Payton Man of the Year. year, of the the year. Um, How are you going to
2: boo that man? That's, that's, what, that's what I'm getting to.
0: Like, yeah. okay, you don't like uh, – most of the people outside Dallas don't like the Cowboys. I, I get all that. Um, but the guy just won Man of the Year Award for doing great things, and they booed him? Like,
2: come on, dog. That's not
0: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah rough.
2: Especially with the platform that Dak Prescott uses and his platform to really uh, make it a platform and a presence to uh, help mental health around society and whatnot and his yeah. foundation to really – Get those involved with mental health and whatnot you can't boo him after that you just you just can't Absolutely. everything that Dak has done off the field is tremendous it's done great things for the community not just the community but the whole nation the whole world like what he's done off the field is something that needs to be recognized and then when you do recognize him in that that environment yesterday that's the response he gets. So it, I I thought it was awful to boo Dak Prescott in that situation.
0: Yeah, no question. Even he was like, "Wait a minute, what?"
2: <laughs> like my I- yeah. like he was looking around like I'm getting booed.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like that. But okay, let's mm-hmm. do that and then let's 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 sign off here. So my question is Super Bowl Fifty Eight. I need predictions. Who will be in Super Bowl Fifty Eight? JT, we'll start with you.
1: All right, I'm about to be biased as heck, but like I'm going. It's gonna be the Bengals and the Niners.
0: I <laughs> love it, love it.
1: Only be the Bengals and the Niners, but like you said, that the Eagles ain't going nowhere. You got a young quarterback, and then Chiefs ain't. You know the Chiefs ain't going nowhere. Like, because like honestly, I feel like the Chiefs and the and the Bengals are gonna be headbutting each other for a long time. For right now, and I know everybody wants to hop on Josh Allen's the Josh Allen bandwagon, but he ain't did it yet. So until he do it. You got it. i'm Burrow and Mahomes are the are the cream of the crop on that side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you get a, a health a healthy Lamar is, is more vital than the Allen to me. So because the, the way they play. So we'll see. And then wait, that's wait, if they wait, keep them.
0: Wait, 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 who's the 49ers quarterback?
1: It's gonna be Trey Lance. You got faith in him? Yeah. I think because honestly, he just if he wouldn't have got hurt, I think he would have been cooking, cooking by the end of the year. Okay. Especially with those people and his legs. It's just that I think he's going to be healthier than Purdy. And I think if he doesn't get hurt, I don't think he gives it the keys back. Cause I feel like if Purdy would have been able to finish the season, it would have been hard to, he goes to Super Bowls, hard to uproot him. So I think it was kind of the, it was bad for the Niners, but I think it saved Trey Lance personally. Okay. It gives him a better chance. Neil. He's like already ready. Okay.
2: Neil? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to second with JT statement there. I mean, 49ers defense is absurd. Nick Bosa on the outside, very good defense, a young defensive end. Then you have a good overall linebacker core, Fred Warner. They have great linebackers. Overall, that defense is amazing. Uh, If they can get some help in the secondary, they would be a little better. But overall, if you can – obviously, the injury to Brock Purdy really – hit a big impact on that team everyone knows a torn ucl is something you just can't go out there and throw with like come on that's tommy john surgery everyone knows that's coming i mean whether it's six to eight months or typically mlb players see that surgery and it's a nine to 12 month process even longer so uh, i think trey lance will be the starting quarterback as jt mentioned but overall i gotta go with the Bengals. i mean everyone's in this topic of oh josh allen mahomes yeah, I, I don't think the Bills are there because if you look back at the statistics, yes, Josh Allen has had a great career to date, but he has never made an AFC championship, like won an AFC championship game. He folds every time with the opportunity to get to the AFC championship game. Maybe maybe next year is different. I, we don't know yet, obviously. But overall, I think that Burrow and Mahomes matchups is there to stay. I mean, three and one in the last two years, that's that's the rivalry everyone wants to see is Burrow versus Mahomes. So uh, I, I have to say it's going to be Bengals versus uh, 49ers.
0: Okay. Um, as much as I would like to see that, um, and I know I'm probably going to be wrong on this, but uh, I want to see the Bengals make it back to the Super Bowl and play in the Rams. That's what I'd like to see. Um, JT's probably shaking his head like, man, you think crazy. Matt
2: Stafford's going to get y'all there?
0: Uh, he did before. Yeah um yeah well listen i'm 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 saying that because i want if the 49ers make it great too because i think that's uh there's a lot of great conversation piece there but i'd love to see the Bengals and rams make it back i'm a fan of both but i'd love to see the Bengals beat the rams um that's what i'm kind of kind of hoping for i think that would be kind of cool but it'd be good you know the 49ers too but that's that's uh kind of my prediction no
2: questionable flag calls there, though, at the end, right?
0: Uh, hey, with these refs, you never know. But I, <laughs> I, I guess after watching um, all the uh, still shots and everything that, you know, he was holding that jersey last night.
2: He, I mean, uh, he so. admitted it in the press conference, too. He was like, hey, yeah. I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, I held the dude, but I thought they were going to let it play a little bit, being the final drive. But yeah, in the end, like, if you admit to holding him, I mean.
1: Yeah, that's was, like I was, mean it was
2: clear as day. He was talking on talking yeah, on tug
1: on things. him tough. And the thing is, it's like I was listening to Herm Edwards earlier. He was like, the thing is, if you it was a two-yard route, why are you holding him? He was like, if he catches it, you tackle him right there. It's fourth and sixth.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: was just like dumb, like it was just a dumb he held on when you didn't have to, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the thing, more so anything. I mean, it was definitely a hold. It just was, you know, at the end of the day, was, at that party, but, but at the same time, he did it. He did it at the
0: end of the day. So. Yep, that's, that's, that's a tough one, man. It, i tell you what, man, when you're on that field and you got millions and 113 million people watching you, you're thinking about a lot of things. You don't always make the right decisions, um, even professionals. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> see hey, it?
2: while we're on topic of the uh, Super Bowl, what were those field conditions last night? Oh, my Man, gosh. God! Like, you had two years to prepare for the field conditions, and it just seemed like they were going through cleats left and right. Like, I mean, I think at one point, like, at the end of the first quarter, they just showed the back of the uh, – like, a stand, like one of the tables on the sidelines, like a training table, of just mounds of cleats that the Eagles players swapped through. Like, you had two yeah. years to prepare for, prepare for that field, and then <laughs> –
0: you know, they rode that grass in too. They were like, going
2: down left crazy. and right, like two yards in, not even two yards in.
0: I, I see. I think it's one of those things that, that it was an unpredictable, like I could see Roger Goodell and whoever else is the higher ups kind of going, Oh my Lord, what is going on? Like, it's just, I, it was just probably one of them things they did. You know I mean? They don't want that to be the case, you know, in the game. That's, that's just one of them tough things. It's just like, um, I think it was, was it one year in the final four or one of the games, like there was something with the condition of the floor. It was like slippery in the fire or something. In the, it's just like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, I think you, so, like, you know what I'm saying? It, like there's stuff. Like when the logos or something was like
1: sticking or something. Yeah. Like something crazy, yeah. yeah
2: so, I mean, you'd think they would like practice too on that field or like at least get to like test it out a little bit before pregame. I mean, it just seemed like they didn't even test out the field before pregame.
0: I don't know,
1: man. It yeah, was, it was just weird. It was just weird because it was like from the jump. I noticed. I'm like, oh, this is real.
0: Yeah, they were. Stuck. I think the kicker slipped and the kicker yeah,
2: slipped on the field on the uh, kickoff attempt. Pacheco even slipped in the end zone after that touchdown, and I mean, there was no one around him, and he slipped. I mean, he recovered very well from the celly. Yeah. but
0: yeah, yeah, that's tough. It
2: seemed like everybody was. The conditions were just awful. It felt like.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I guarantee you that's not gonna happen next year. They're gonna do everything they can to keep that from happening. Yeah, for sure. You know, the twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support to support, visit the website 93ways to mentor.com or contact. Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Shortvine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support. The Bearcat Tip Off Talk Podcast. I'll be back at meals for a live podcast on February 22nd from 5 to 6 p.m. before the 7 p.m. Temple game. The Bearcat Tip Off Talk Podcast is presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So, for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. We will be back with another new episode. For the february 19th ucf game now fellas I, last thing i want to say before we uh before we jump off is the bearcats wore the throwback the cats uniforms again this is a lot now i almost wish they would have made the black versions of those and just wore them all year like white and black mm. like those would have been the uniforms all year what do you guys think
2: I like that. I like that idea. I mean, uh, the throwback uniforms are pretty slick. Uh, I do wish we would have had another colorway with it, whether it was the black. I believe they have the red ones, correct? I might be wrong on that.
1: Yeah, they wore the red back in the day, yeah. That that would have been fire. If they had the
2: red ones this year or a black one this year, that would have been pretty sweet. Yeah, like
1: they should bring out the red ones for senior night or something.
2: Yeah, that that would that would be sweet.
1: That'd be fire to do that. I don't know. You go ahead, and steal that idea. You see,
0: free smoke, free smoke, free smoke, free smoke. Yeah, free smoke, free smoke, yeah. yeah. smoking on that Philly Blunt. You know what? Black. Black. We are going to end that. on that. <laughs> we want to thank all the Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip Off Talk Podcast, presented by Tax Go Bearcats.